This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 198 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Tack through history, part two, and a couple of new things. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Equestrian Collections offers a whole universe of shopping at your fingertips at a price you can afford. Equity Manufacturing is home to the coolest manure fork ever invented. Kentucky Performance Products has scientifically proven supplements for your horse. And Draper Equine Therapy makes products in the United States for you and your horse. Find them all at StableScoop.com. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop This is Glenn the Geek And this is Helena B And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show On the Horse Radio Network Well howdy Helena Howdy, Glenn. I'm a little hoarse today. You are. What have you been doing? Uh, horsing around? <laughs> Get P.U. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I have been horsing around. I'm just getting over a little spring cold. But, um, yeah, we've been horsing around here at Hither and Yon, having some fun, still horse shopping. No luck yet, but yeah, it's all good. Even Jennifer and I made a little trip for you uh, horse shopping. You did, indeed. Now, that, that, folks, that is a good friend and her husband. She drove to East, who knows where, Florida, to go try a, a quarter horse for me, and uh, it was it was a good about two hour drive for you each way, right? Yep, that was a two hour drive, and unfortunately, it, it didn't work out. But we we got to see a new part of Florida we hadn't seen before. Yeah, uh, and we ate at Bob Evans on the way back. Bob Evans is not a place I eat at often, but they have good home cooking. I'm, I, I almost I did like kind of liked it actually. Bob Evans, that's a franchise, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And what uh, do they do? Like like like. Pulled pork sandwiches. Yeah, and like southern cooking kind of thing, you know, hmm. uh, turkey dinners and things like that. You oh. guys better watch your weight down there. This, uh, they're, you know, Florida still has those southern I franchises. pounds since we've been here. I'm doing good. That's because your wife has you out working. That's right. Yeah, I got to <laughs> build a shed this weekend. We had a, that tropical storm came through, uh, right. Burl, and right. uh, hit uh, just north of us, but we got about 10 inches of rain and some wind and stuff. And knocked a lot of branches down. These big live oak trees, they're beautiful, except for when it's windy and they're raining and the Spanish moss hanging all over them causes the branches to come down on and around your horse. So we're putting up an outdoor stall this weekend, uh, like a lean-to run-in shed with uh, sides, uh, open sides. That's how they do it in the hot climates. So he'll uh hopefully it'll look like a, a, a lean to and an out and not an octagon because last time jennifer and i attempted to build one of these it wasn't too square <laughs> try beaker deserves a square yeah. a square uh shelter we're gonna please. get my brother to help so it actually might come out a little bit square your brother knows what he's doing doesn't he he's got some tools right yeah, he was the jump builder owns wayne jumps for many many years so he knows how to put wood together and make it square uh, okay yeah so we're hoping that uh with his help we'll get it right <laughs> But that's our project for the weekend. We'll take a picture and let you know how that comes out so Beaker doesn't get uh, rained on by branches and limbs anymore. Poor I'd guy was scared yesterday. Oh, Beaker, no, 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 you can't let him be scared. He's too cute and sweet and kind to be scared. He was. He was kind of upset. He was kind of scared. But anyway, today we have a good show planned for you. We have uh, Samantha Clark, who's the new host of the Eventing Radio Show. We're going to get to catch up with Samantha here in a couple of minutes. And also, uh, Michael Diamond, uh, who is the partner and vice president of marketing at English Riding Supply, has given us part two on Tack Through History. We did part one a couple of weeks ago where he talked about tech, like, from the 50s, I would say, what, to about the ni- in the 90s. Yeah. And how it progressed and the companies that were around and all of that. And then he's going to give us from, from then until now and, and how the companies that came into being did and a little bit more about English writing supply as well. He was kind of the one that lived through that whole transition time and, and was involved in it all. So 
And, and tack, you know, Helene and I find tack fascinating. It's one of the subjects that we just find, as, you, as regular listeners know. But it's true with horse people, and especially horse women, they live for reading the catalogs. You guys live for tack and, and supplies. Um, yeah, yeah, we do. And, and we do. And we have our little obsess- obsessions, you know. I, I happen to be, I, I could buy breeches until I'm blue in the face. I need one, I just... And boots. And boots and saddle pads. <laughs> yeah, breeches, boots, and saddle pads. So soft goods tends to be my thing. And bits. I love to play around with different kinds of bits. Well, yeah, it's is, never ending. That's a horse person thing, I think, the bits thing. Because every horse person has a bucket of bits. Yeah, yeah, a bucket of bits. Some tried, some, some just... Dangling for decoration. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. I'm trying to think of what Jennifer's is. She uh, she definitely has a saddle pad. Yeah, she likes fetish. saddle pads. Yep, you're she right. does. You you can just never like like there are things that you that that come up for sale. You know, or you see on the websites, and you're like, okay, or in the catalogs, and you go, I just have to get it. I I I don't need it, but I have to have it. Well, she did got to do something, uh, and we're going to get to Samantha here in a second, but I have to tell you, she got to do something that you would have enjoyed uh, this week, and you can hear all about it on on, on Wednesday, last Wednesday, a couple days ago's uh, Horses in the Morning show. She got to go on a ride-along with Dr. Jones from Florida Equine and got to go out and visit uh, clients together and, and play veterinary assistant for a day. Uh, and she had a blast. She had a very good time doing that. So oh, I'm I'm envious. That's really that's right up Jen's alley. Yeah, it is. And and you, as I said, you can go back and listen to how that how that all turned out on last Wednesday's uh, Horses in the Morning show. But for now, we're going to be talking a little bit more about product as we get Equestrian Collections product of the week, and then we're going to hear from Samantha Clark, my old co-host of the 2010 radio show, and now the new host of the Eventing Radio Show. Hi, Glenn, back with you from the Horse Radio Network. I'm here with Debbie with the Equestrian Collections Product of the Week. The Product of the Week is the Equine Couture Ladies Air-O Shirts. These I'll say that fast. <laughs> These shirts, um, the Equine Couture shirts used to have an issue with sizing, but the new ones are actually excellent. They fix the sizing. It's time to start buying these beautiful shirts again. Uh, the particular ones I'm highlighting this week, because I just wore one on a trail ride the other day, and uh, it was so cool. It was absolutely the coolest shirt I've worn in a while, and very, very pretty, and it fit perfectly. I got a raspberry pa- um, pad, and I had that raspberry stripe in that shirt, and I was styling. We come, It comes in a bunch of different sizes and a bunch of different colors, and they absolutely want to say that this is a very comfortable, low-priced shirt. And it also comes in long sleeves for those folks who like to cover up their arms in the summer instead of exposing them to the sun. Um, it comes in the long sleeve with the same material, so it's equally as cool in the long sleeve as it is in the short sleeve. Highly recommend giving this a try again. If you try to quaint couture and you weren't happy with the sizing, please come back because they've fixed it. All right, and it comes from anything. I mean, you're right. It does have a lot of different sizes, from small all the way up to like three X. Three X, yes, and that's um, and they really do fit well now. So and some come fun on back. colors. We're talking some unusually fun colors about this. Yes, so. really fun colors. And if you like, like me, to um, match it up, you can get all these colors and match up your saddle pad, and, and you, you're just really cute. All right. <laughs> take a, the best way to do this is to go to equestriancollections.com, search for Equine Couture Ladies Air. Well, hi, Samantha, and welcome back to the Horse Radio Network. Thank you very much, Glenn. It's lovely to be back. I know Helena was very excited. She was jumping around when I told her last week. I am. I am. <laughs> well, I miss the old days of, of the 2010 radio show and Samantha's calm, factual, professional approach <laughs> compared to Glenn's, like, whatever, wing it. <laughs> you, had, well, we you guys had a really nice yin and yang thing going on, and so... It really it oh, worked. No. Yeah, she knew what she was talking about, and I had no idea. Exactly. Oh, I'm, yep. I miss that, too. I miss <laughs> that, too. <laughs> we need to find you a co-host that has no idea. That's just sort of out left field, and then you'll be perfect together. 
<laughs> I know. Well, I, yeah, I, I'm not going to have a co-host who has no idea. <laughs> <laughs> But it will be hard to find. It will be. I mean, that's it's all happened very quickly. And um, we do have a show out now. And Kathy Wieshoff was wonderful, stepped into the breach um, with very little notice and was brilliant. Um, but she knows a lot about a lot of things. It, it, yes, it's a transition. You know, I was so used to letting Glenn handle everything. <laughs> now that I, it's quite a big responsibility that I'm, I'm in charge. And, um, you know, even at home, Lily's in charge. She, she would probably do a better job of running the show. Uh, How old is Lily? How old is Lily? She's 10. <laughs> she's 10. Well, okay. So that's Gracie is nine and a half. And yes, yeah. runs the Very show bossy. with the eye roll, with just an eye roll and a flip of the hand. Oh, and sassy up the wazoo. Let me tell you. <laughs> so um, it's quite nice. Lily's at pony camp this week. We drop her off in the morning and Harry and I, it's so relaxing and quiet at home without her. Lily, um, you know, Harry, Leo and I are, are enjoying a peaceful week at home without Lily, I have to say. But, <laughs> but meanwhile, meanwhile, I don't really know. Um, you know, uh, Kathy Wieshoff was fantastic because she sort of um, helped me out a lot because I'm not used to really, <laughs> I'm quite happy to ask questions and then listen to the answers. And then I forget that, oh, hold on. What's, I better ask another question. And oh, yes, that's right. And, and now what should we do? And oh, we have a commercial. And so, yeah, I need to find my feet and I need to... Um, you know, then I need to, uh, obviously I hadn't planned on doing a show, so we didn't have any guests planned. Um, but Susie Harrison is lovely. She's a, an elementary school teacher and an advanced eventer and how she manages to combine everything is amazing. So, um, I talked to her and she was fascinating. And then suddenly it's like peaks and valleys. Suddenly we have three people lined up for next week. <laughs> And I think that's, you know, it'll take a bit of getting used to and scheduling and um, things like that. But I hope that people will bear with me and I hope um, it will be different. And um, got a lot of good comments on Facebook. A lot of people looking forward to hearing your voice again and having you back. You know, uh, what you were saying, we tend to make, and I, I say we meaning all the hosts on the network, and you guys can argue with me about this. But we tend to make it sound easy that this, you know, that interviewing people and making conversation when, when to be honest, some of the guests are kind of tough. You know, if you get the guests who are doing one or two word answers, it makes our job more difficult. And then, or you get the guests who just, to, you know, are, are talking and talking and talking and, and you can't keep them on track. Um, it, there is a sort of a skill to making it all come together and be entertaining, you know, um, and and I think we have some really terrific hosts that do that. And Helena, you're you're one of those. Um, and and you know, but it but it's harder than it looks from the outside. I, I think it's the point I was trying to make. It, it is, and, and there. But I think one of the things in particular that I'm looking forward to with Samantha back on board is the eventing community has such a diverse and colorful group of potential guests, and you know, they're really just they're such a genuine lot that they you, you get them talking about a ride, an event, their horse, a prospect, something. And I think the conversation is just, is really going to flow. And um, I don't know. I just have a feeling that, that um, I'm, I'm in particular looking forward to that diversity of, of guests. And I, I don't think Samantha's going to have a hard time at all because you're really well entrenched in the eventing world, aren't you, Samantha? Yeah, I hope so. I, I mean, and, and I think we are going to try and... Um get all sorts of different people, not just the riders and, and, and also, you know, have hints on the show and, and little sort of inf- information and, and make it educational and interesting and, and entertaining. And, um, yes, and please do go on Facebook and put comments and hints. And someone also made a suggestion. I'm going to look into that already. And, and, um, yeah, I, I'm, I am excited and it is your show and, and we'll see what happens. It's an adventure. <laughs> Well, it's exciting to have you back and hear your voice again. Uh, we, we spent two years together and then 16 days, uh, 24 hours a day at the Kentucky Horse Park during the wagon. <laughs> no wonder she left. <laughs> That's right. That was you so After that 16 days, she was out of here. Actually, we I needed- a, it was very sad when we did our last show. It really it was. was. It really was. Because we spent two years building up to the World Equestrian Games in Lexington and getting to know all the athletes and having hundreds of guests. And then 16 day, intense days covering it at the Kentucky Horse Park, putting on 10 miles a day. And it was just 
we just and then it was then it was all of a sudden just over. The adrenaline stopped and it was done. You know. Yeah. And then everyone, yeah, every, the, the sort of teardown of the event. And during those 10 days, do you remember we had every single kind of weather, every season and every discipline? And it was, yeah, it was amazing. It was definitely a once in a lifetime experience. I don't know how people do it every four years. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, Samantha, she saved my butt because after about day, where you from the beginning were bringing your bike and we weren't supposed to have bikes. And they were pretty strict about security for everything at the WAG. And, but you got your bike in. And, and then finally, after a week... I've, and then after the first day, they waved me through every day because they got so used to seeing, like, well, oh, hello. I guess they thought you were supposed to have your bike. <laughs> <laughs> so then it was like, well, if she can have her bike, I can have mine, damn it. And after about five days of trudging around from two, one end of that park to the other, I brought my bike. And they would let me in. And it was, like, so nice to have our bikes there when we were covering every event. It was good. It was See, that was your first, that was, you, you are a natural leader, Samantha. Yeah, that's right. No, she just assumes <laughs> that she can do what she wants and that people are going to get the hell out of her way. Maybe that's just womanhood. Yeah. <laughs> that's just being a female. <laughs> and a mom. Yes, so that's, that's definitely that's definitely a mother thing. Oh yeah. Follow yeah. me. Come on. <laughs> yeah. You just got to get it done. You know, it, it doesn't have to be pretty. You just got to get it done. That's funny. Now you're heading off to England for a while this summer. Yes, yes, the kids and I will be at home in England for most of the summer, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that'll be fun. I know you enjoy it over there. Yep. Uh, and, and with the weather we've had in Lexington, it'll be cooler. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like... I know, it was hot. How is Ocala now? Is oh, that hot? It's beautiful. You should come down here. It's much cooler in the south. <laughs> I don't <laughs> believe that. <laughs> we were in the 80s. You guys were in 100. We're, we're... Are you serious? Oh, yeah, we were in the 80s. It was beautiful down here. So, yeah, we were texting all of our friends up in uh, Pennsylvania, and, and, and Helena, it was even hot where you were. It was hot and humid up by us, but you guys get those breezes that sweep right across that skinny part of the state. Yep. That's the good thing, that, that you, you do have the breezes. And because you're what? You're only an hour, a little more than an hour from each coast, right? Right, yep. So we so, off and, uh, and the Atlantic we get breezes from. And tropical yeah. storms, too. <laughs> so. now, well, we have tropical storms, too, up here in the cold northeast at 84 degrees with 101% humidity. <laughs> so, anyway, we got to get out of here, Samantha. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, and, and best of luck over at the Eventing Radio Show. Thank you very much. Can I just do a quick shout-out yeah. while we're talking about the 2010 show? Yeah. Is that Pierre St. Jack, our spotlight dressage rider, won the Grand Prix Freestyle on Saturday night at the Horse Park. Oh. Ah. And that... Yeah, that was an Olympic selection trial, too. So go, Pierre. We might be seeing him in London. Well, Woohoo! Well, we have somebody to root for. He's such a nice guy, too. And it's- he is. And he's since had a son, Sterling, who is gorgeous. And Samantha St. Jack has agreed to come on the eventing radio show and be my eventing mummy. And she'll come on every sort of probably every month. Um, at least, and, and talk about what it's like, A, to be one half of a power equestrian couple, and B, and what it's like to um, try an event with a little baby, and, and talk about hints and tips, and, and just chat, and she's lovely too, just as lovely as Pierre, as you can imagine, so that's exciting. Terrific. Ooh. I'm just checking him out on Facebook now, I'm, I'm an interesting <laughs> fan. Yes, like, make sure and like the page. Okay. <laughs> See, I knew you were. This was a great idea, Glenn. Well, I should mention too that uh, Reese's uh, Reese Koffler Stanfield is now. She said she saw you over the weekend at the horse park, Samantha. Uh, yep. Reese Koffler Stanfield is now the new co-host for the Dressage Radio Show and Grand Prix Dressage Rider out of Lexington, Kentucky. And we did her, her first show together. You can hear that first show at dressageradio.com. And she was terrific. And I think she's going to be a great host of that show. She's so knowledgeable. And she's so much fun and so light and so lively and just, just fun, you know, bubbly. Uh, yeah. Uh, Reese is wonderful. Yeah. I think, I think that people are going to enjoy her, too, over at over And Reese last year rode the um, guinea pig test at Rolex. That's right. Yep. She, yeah. she rode the – and I think – did she ride that on the Casper? Her, uh, her Grand Prix? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. I think it was, too. Well, you can hear more about Casper and Reese over at the Dressage, Dressage Radio Show as well. Thank you, Samantha. Good luck. See you, Glenn. Thanks, Helena. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, I'm really excited to have Samantha back with the Horse Radio Network. Samantha Clark, she's been um, doing some work with Eventing Nation of late, and I, for one, am a fan. I follow her blog and her photographs. She is just wonderfully knowledgeable and so articulate, and she has a really nice way of, um, 
I guess, reporting what's going on in the venting community. So I'm really excited. I'm definitely going to be her, her number one fan, I think. Um, so I'm really happy to have her back. And she's going to talk to us a little bit about what it's like to get her uh, to dive back into the Horse Radio Network pool. Um, and, you know, but before we move on with the rest of the show, it's important for us to recognize one of our sponsors, which is Draper Therapies. And I happen to be a customer. I, I own their products. I use their products both for myself and for my horse. And I know past listeners to Sable Scoop have heard me gush and glow about Draper. And um, the reason that I like this company so much and their products is because they have a solid science foundation behind their products. And they're not claiming that their products are going to reinvent the wheel or cure any major health problems. But they do help, I think, both you and your horse feel more comfortably and perform more comfortably. Um, I have the hawk boots for my horse who's got some pretty bad arthritis in his hocks. And I decided to do a little experiment on him. <laughs> I'm sure he appreciates that. But uh, we took him off all supplements, all medications, uh, tried to keep his entire lifestyle and his stable management pretty consistent. And then we introduced the Draper Hawk boots. And I noticed a significant improvement in both the, um, well, in a reduction in swelling of his hawk and in his flexibility of that hawk just from the hawk boot. So uh, that that's number one. And number two is I myself, again, regular Stable Scoop listeners will know that um, I pretty much blew my knee out last year and I had a complete ACL replacement and... Just in the last couple of months, I've gone back to using a knee brace, and I decided to go with the Draper knee brace, which is, you know, for humans. And it does have the wonderful salient technology inside of it, the fibers. And I cannot, honestly, I can't even, I, I had to keep double checking that this knee brace does everything that it does. My knee feels so much better and healthier and performs better after a couple of days wearing this brace than, than without. Um, and I've had I have other braces as well that were prescribed for, for me from my um, physical therapy, my physical therapist, and the Draper uh, knee brace definitely outperforms anything else that I got from PT. So that alone is just um, I think it's reason to go check out some of their products and give it a try. They're absolutely reasonably priced. They're not crazy, you know, because they're therapeutic. They're reasonably priced, and I think it's definitely worth trying. DraperTherapies.com. All right, very good. Thank you, Helena. Your poor voice is struggling here. We'll get you through the show yet. Uh, now, we have coming up uh, part two, as we said, in our Tack Through History segment and with Michael Diamond, who is the partner and vice president of marketing at English Riding Supply. We did part one back in episode 195 on May 11th. You can, uh, if you missed that, you can go back and listen to that. That was sort of like the, the, uh, the, Past history, and I mean past history, I mean like through the 60s, 70s, and 80s of TAC, and now we're going to be talking about how it's progressed here in, in recent times. So this is Michael Diamond from English Riding Supply. Uh, in the world. Was Encourse really the impetus for that? I mean, for the, for the massive sales, was, uh, was Encourse it? Well, no. I, mean, I meant in the breaches the... and that end of things. Now, Encore was uh, was developed by, by by a gal who had a uh, unique uh, company, and uh, we ultimately bought the name for that. But there really was no, um, there was nothing behind the name. Um, it, the products ultimately became outdated, but we thought it was a cool logo. It was a great name. Okay, and, I didn't know if there uh, was a story current, behind Encore. Yeah, there was a story behind Encore. And uh, my current, my partner here now, John Legerfo, he was, um, uh, his dad, his family was, uh, they owned Tailored Sportsman. Uh. So he had a lot of experience in, in, in the British end of the world. And uh, we had uh, some suppliers in India who kind of like didn't know what to make. Uh, they were playing with making uh, stretch shirts and and jeans, bombacho jeans, and I kind of said, well, why don't we try and make britches, because uh, at that time, we had no britch business, and uh, so then John and his dad, they went over there and worked with this uh, company in India, and then we ultimately built uh, the, the most successful and the largest uh, riding apparel company, which was Encore, and we also did footwear and gloves and uh, you know, tied in uh, a lot of accessories that uh, really completed uh, the look for the rider. So that was uh, 
you know, Isers, ultimately um, became as big as Miller's, uh, the wholesale end of it. We didn't have a catalog and didn't do retail. Um, and in the final days, uh, I was part of a buyout of the company and uh, bought the company from uh, this place called Caldwell Supply and um, became president advisors. And uh, fortunately, we did uh, did uh, a lot of good things. Then um, about a year or two later, um, our so-called partners, venture capital partners, um, who wanted to... to you know, buy Millers and buy this and buy that because that's what they do. Uh, ultimately, we found that another company, uh, Denton Company, had purchased Millers. And uh, they also purchased a company called Midwest Saturday, which owned Whitman. And um, so our, you know, banker friends were, like, not that interested anymore. And so we ultimately uh, sold the company to this guy, Stephen Dent. And um, so now there became this big so-called uh, conglomerate. I mean, it's hard to use those words in the equestrian industry, but, you know, relatively speaking, you had uh, Millers, Whitman, Midwest. They also had uh, Own Circle Y. And then there was uh, Isers and Foxwood, uh, all in one company. And they moved the whole ball of wax to North Carolina. And uh, within two years, within two years, uh, these investment guys had completely botched the job. And uh, the company pretty much went down the tubes. And those were the nightmare years, by the way, just to be honest, uh, uh, for us retailers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, that changed, and that changed the whole industry because at that time, all the retailers had their eggs, so to speak, in one basket. Yeah, we didn't have a whole yeah. lot of choice either. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of baskets. Right. Yeah. And it was only the proliferation of baskets came out of the collapse of Miller's. Right. Or the whole whole group together. And that took that took some time. I mean, these companies just didn't pop up overnight. There was a you know, there was a couple of year lag there for, for a lot of these companies to come on board. So really in the in that period of time for retailers, we were kind of in a way just scrambling for any product we could get to put in the stores and our customers were going, Why can't I get this? Why can't I get that? I used to buy this, I used to buy that. It was like this just isn't available anymore. You know. Well, it was even more interesting because uh, what had happened was um, we were, uh, when I found out, uh, because I was basically in the marketing department, and the guys who were really running the, 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 the so-called company uh, were pretty, um, uh, I forget what the word is, but, I mean, they basically knew everything, and, uh, you know, us, us, poor folks in the, the equestrian business. We didn't know anything, and they were going to teach us how to run a business. And they did, right into the ground. <laughs> it's a mistake uh, everybody outside the horse world makes. They think yeah. that horse people are like everybody else, and <laughs> we are not. You know, I, I, you know, anybody that wants to get into the horse world and go into business in the horse world, I say, you better get to know horse people before you do that, because it is different than the outside world. They all think it's going to be like going into the ski business or the tennis business or whatever. Right. They have these huge expectations. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's the first rule of business. Know your market. But with horse people, you have to do a little bit more homework. I think you all. have to marry you're not, the market and the yeah. horse people is what I yeah, think. Yeah, be married, be married to it or born into exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is why... Very much so. I mean, these people coming from the outside just really have no respect uh, for... Uh, the riders or the the, the retailers well, or the people in the industry, and, the, and that arrogance tends to uh, get them in trouble. And they don't understand the addiction. Right. You know, we we always say, you know, we do a, we do a horse network, and we we you're the first ones to say we're addicted to horses. I mean, that's what we are. My wife is addicted to horses. Yeah, and, and stuff, and, and horse stuff, and, and horse stuff. Right, exactly. And and everybody else calls it a lifestyle. Yeah, you know, there's lifestyle, but it's. It's really, I think it is, you live it, but it's a little bit deeper than that. And we spend our money. And the other thing, this actually brings me to a point about how we, we talk about these products, how 
the market, the horse market in particular, has evolved from the Millers and Isers days to today, especially with the Internet. You know, you can't get away with um, just good marketing anymore. You, we, we're putting these products to the test. We're using them, and now we're talking about them. And, you know, you mentioned something, Michael, about, um, you know, we, there really wasn't anything behind the brand. There was a good name and, and a good logo. But now I see that English Riding Supply is really, it, it seems from my point of view, that you guys are really spending a lot of time on product development, which I don't, I don't know if that's ever happened prior to English Riding Supply. Well, yeah, it has. I mean, uh, Miller's, uh, it's somewhat out of the mold of, uh, of Miller's, too, because Joe Miller uh, really developed products. And uh, what, what you're, you're seeing is kind of interesting uh, because if I can go back just a bit, um, just finishing the story, obviously then uh, my, I called John, who then became my partner, and then we basically um, we were going to buy Miller's. And then our competitor was also trying to buy Miller's. And to make a long story short, they got the brand names like um, uh, Roma and Collegiate, but all of the vendors who really I had worked with all my life, they supported us. And so the guy who was, who was making the collegiate saddles was now making ovation saddles. And uh, the collegiate name was just put on to some saddle from who knows where. So there was a real, real mess in the situation. But also at the same during the same period of time, there was a proliferation of vendors overseas, and that also made it made uh, the, the 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 varieties and the amounts of products uh, much more accessible and greater than they ever were in the past. But one of the biggest problems today uh, is that uh, there are factories all over India and China. Who are who are clamoring and making horse equipment? Every day I get at least ten emails. Oh, my must esteemed friend, you know. Uh, we have and they always start that way too, Michael. Those exact words. Yes, yes, they do. <laughs> and uh, you know that's a tip off. Okay, that means I never heard of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and once they once they do that, uh, oh, we have the finest. Uh, we have the finest bridal work in the whole world. Everybody is clamoring uh, to our door. But because of your fine reputation, we will be willing to sell it to you, which is very, you know, makes you feel really good until you find out that the same email went out to 358,000 other people. But (laughs) that that aside, most of those people, manufacturers, who may be terrific at making a product, have no concept as to what the product is for, how it's used, or any of uh, the subtleties that are important to the rider. So that, yeah, you know what, you can buy this bridle for you know, some ridiculously low price, but when, when it comes in, all of a sudden you put it on a horse, and, well, it really should have been built for a donkey, not a horse. And uh, a lot of uh, companies today who are selling product really um, don't pay that much of attention to the product. And as a company here, we, we grew up with product. I did, my partner John did, all the people around us, we grew up on product. And uh, for us, marketing is really just a way of trying to get our story across. It's really just trying to get people to see what we see and experience every day. So product for us is, 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 is really important. And uh, my biggest product critics are right outside. I'm sitting here in my office, and outside the glass door, I have a whole slew of people working here, and they all ride. So, uh, you know, I look at the product. Oh, this is great. I hold it up. The next thing you know, the critics hit. Bam, boom. Oh, well, that won't do this, or that's not going to be strong enough, or I don't don't think, does that really fit? So before we even get to the point of uh, building a product, it has to go through uh, the gals who do the writing and work in the office. And uh, they're our biggest critics. I mean, they, they don't seem to hold much back. It's like, oh, that, that really blows, or gee, I really like that. So that um, 
have I think we're pretty much focused on the product and the product development, and that just that's always come with me. I mean, it isn't just because of English writing supply, but we are not uh, a company that uh, you know just buys stuff and resells it. I mean, virtually every product that we do. Uh, create is something that we've created with our own designers, our own people, or products that we've seen and tested and then felt that it was uh, it was a good product and uh, it should be sold. Now, so now, that's kind of, kind of what we do. Michael, now the English Writing Supply has like over 25 different brands, has a b- yeah. bunch of yeah. different stuff. And I want to get back a little bit to what uh, what Helena alluded to. How has the internet and you having more direct conversation actually with with your with the ultimate end user, the riders, and them having more say and input through comments and through uh, direct social media stuff? How has that changed the industry for you and? And does it does it keep you more on your toes than you had to be in the past? What has changed? Well, I think it's the greatest uh, relief, uh, positive uh, thing that one can ever ask for. Because in the past, uh, particularly as you go from retail to distribution to manufacturing, people get further and further and further away from uh, the the consumer, the rider, the person who uses the product. And uh, with the Internet, uh, with some of the blogs, with some of the forums, um, you really reconnect uh, with the person who's using the product. And there's nothing better than putting out a product and all of a sudden, uh, I don't want to say this in the wrong way, having everybody hate it. You know what? <laughs> At that point, I know it's either fix it or don't waste any more time on it. And, obviously... Yeah, that feedback is a little faster than it used to be. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, but that's uh, good, because like you said, then you don't waste time on it or money on exactly. it. Exactly. In the past, you could have wasted three years thinking, oh, this is the greatest yep. thing since sliced bread, and uh, somebody forgot to tell you that it just doesn't fit. Uh, I actually, actually had a... Um, a really neat story because uh, when I was doing Encores, and the Internet was uh, forums were just uh, starting to get established, and um, I was listening to all these women saying, you know, these britches, they don't fit, they don't fit, they don't fit. And they weren't really talking about my britches. They were just talking about problems and fit in the past with all britches. So I, 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 I kind of sent, sent a, uh, a contribution to the forum. I said, look, I said, you got to take this in the right way. Um, I'm not really like a, a weird guy. It's just that I'd like to ask you a couple questions which include your measurements. <laughs> and, um, I'm not really a weird guy. Banned from the forum. <laughs> so I said, look, I said, no, no, no. I said, you know, you were complaining about your britches, and I really want to know what your waist to your hip is, if you could tell me what that is. And oddly enough, you know, they said, oh, blah, 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 but, you know, uh, and, and most of the people whom the britches fit well had uh, basically a 12-inch difference. And the people who were complaining had a 14-inch difference. And I knew the britches were all made with a 12-inch difference between the waist and the hip. So we Is that came right? Up with, I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah, yeah. So we, I, mean, I didn't know it either until I started asking questions, and I said, "Oh my goodness! Everybody who's complaining is 14, and everybody who's not complaining and happy is 12." So uh, we came up with uh, these optional fit um, encores uh, bridges, and uh, we made it with a 14-inch difference, and all of a sudden uh, it was able to fit because a lot of people. Uh, if they if they had a bridge to to, to get over their thighs, uh, it would have to be too big in the waist. Yep. Right. So right. Uh, yeah. it actually came out of the forum, and uh, you know it was kind of cute, I guess, the way I asked the question. But uh, it really did provide information that uh, helped to see something that no one was really even thinking about. And um, there's a lot of cases where we're you, know, you get a lot of good information, and people do speak their mind, and you find out what's important. And uh, finding out what's important is uh, really important, 
because otherwise all you're doing is all you're doing as a company is uh, proliferating stuff uh, rather than uh, providing um, great solutions, whether it's a price solution. You know, here's a product that does everything you want. It costs less. It's more economical. Or here's a product that does everything you want. It costs a whole lot more, but look how much more it does. So that um, I really like uh, the idea of the open, open communication. And I think that uh, writers continually respond uh, to better solutions, which is in the writing world, if you come up with something that, that, that works better, or seems to provide uh, people with greater satisfaction, you have a very good chance of uh, it being successful. Well, and, you guys uh, seem to know how to do that. I mean, you, I think that's something you've carried with you through your career because that's sort of your 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 stamp on all of the businesses that you've touched. And I notice it personally because number one, I'm in you know I've been in the I've been dealing with horse products for a long time, and I'm a rider. And when you do find something, you know, for example, you guys have the Mountain Horse brand, but right, the right. product development and the th- and where those products are going is so meaningful because you you can tell that that brand is built on um, or is going forward based on somebody actually listening to what's important to these riders. Somebody going into the forums or having that conversation about a couple of inches here or a couple of inches there yeah, or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and so... I think English Riding Supply is starting to get that reputation for having some real substance behind their brands. I mean, Ovation, uh, Romph, Mountain Horse, you've got all this great stuff. And Ver- Veritas, Pessoa, you know, we do have yeah. a lot of great stuff. And, uh, most but there's something behind name. the name now. Yeah, but there's something behind the name now. And, um, you know, there's that credibility and trust. Because I, even if, you know, even though we're addicted, you not many people these days can afford to make a mistake when they're buying something, whether it's, you know, a pair of britches at $150 or, you know, stirrup leathers. So I think one of the things that makes me feel really good about English Riding Supply is that there is some serious substance behind the brands and careful selection. Well, thank you so much, Michael, for joining us. By the way, if you want to visit their website, it's EnglishRidingSupply.com. EnglishRidingSupply.com is the website. Thank you so much, Michael, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Well, I'm glad you called. Well, hi, Joseph, and uh, welcome back to the show. Today we're going to talk a little bit about spring and all the things that that brings. Yeah, hi, Glenn. I was, uh, I've been enjoying your show, the Stable Scoop show, and last week I was listening to it and heard... Helena talking a little bit about the expectation of horse people and how we can sometimes be unrealistic unre- in our demands. And I know that you had some comments about that. Yeah, no, um, no not me. But it's, it's always a pleasant <laughs> surprise when we find a product or service that, that exceeds our expe- expectations. Um, and when it comes to manure forks, prior to our building our own fork, I can tell you that I was really unhappy with what was out there. And I didn't think that it was unrealistic to have a fork that didn't break tines the first time you catch a stall mat crack. But it seemed that every brand I tried had forgotten what quality was and just went for low price. So here at Equity Manufacturing, I decided to build a better fork and design and built one with the patented features that make it last like no other. And you have them there and you know how different the flexion fork is from how it feels to how it looks to how it lasts. That's right. I mean, with three of my hosts now, myself and and Helena for Stable Scoop and Jamie on the Horses in the Morning show, all love the Flexenfork. I mean, we all use it every day. Yeah, you and Helena found out it it kind of surprises you with its industrial strength. Yeah, I think she's done everything but drop the car on it, to be honest. (laughs) It is pretty funny what what people wind up doing. I I just had a guy talk to me yesterday. It was 5 o'clock in the morning. And he said that his horse nipped him, and he reached around, and he whacked his horse with a fork, and, and the fork didn't break. So um, even some things that are unplanned on, uh, it, it holds up. But it does cost more than a budget fork. It's about $45, and while that's twice as expensive as a cheapo version, it's a much better value because it lasts so long. And uh, once you get used to its design, especially the flexible backbone that acts like a shock absorber, it's very hard to return to the old-fashioned style that's rigid that all the other forks have. And that flexible feature is also the reason that the tines bend, but they rarely break. 
And we make them in standard width or fine tine width, and even though they're much stronger, they're only uh, a few ounces heavier than uh, a regular fork that you now, would use. And but, where can you find it? Oh, go to equity, E-Q-U-I-T-E-E-M-F-G.com. That's the uh, website, and, uh, and you can buy them directly from us there. Well, this uh, Helena picked the Tack and Habit product this week, and it's brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. When horsemen were asked what they were looking for in a nutritional supplement for their horses, the answer was easy. One that's affordable, effective, and please, scientifically proven. The heat wave has hit the country, and if your horse is sweating, he needs Summer Games Electrolyte. Originally created for the horses competing at the Olympic Games, this formulation is a combination of minerals similar to the levels typically lost in sweat. Summer Games Electrolytes replaces key electrolytes and trace minerals, minerals in proper ratios and support faster recovery following exercise. So for horses on the go, you might want to consider Summer Games Plus Paste. Each dose contains a serving of Nalox, Equine, and Acid for double the protection against stress. You can find these and all KPP products online at kppusa.com. You can also follow them on Facebook. Just search for Kentucky Performance Products. Now, you picked the product for this week, and I have a story to tell about this. So tell everybody what you picked. Okay. I picked the H2 Go Bag, which is basically a bag that helps you transport water in a wheelbarrow. And... Uh, the capacity is 19 gallons of water, not in a wheelbag, in a wheelbarrow. So 19 gallons of water in a wheelbarrow without losing any, no problem. Now, I do not own one of these bags, but I definitely want to try one. Um, it fits, apparently they say the, the bag fits neatly into any wheelbarrow. It has an anti-slide mat to keep it in place and a spout that lets you pour water into a bucket from the wheelbarrow, from the bag within the wheelbarrow. Now, so you think it's good for shows. It's good for hauling water out to that backfield. Like right now, I have to, I actually carry water buckets out to my backfield because my hose doesn't go out all that way. So I was like drooling over this thing. But Glenn tells me that he's got some firsthand experience with it. So I'm, I'm yeah, we saw it at Ada last time we were there, the Ada that you were not at, and yeah. uh, we got to try it. We got to try it. They had one set up there, and they had a wheelbarrow. And what you do is you put this bag empty; it lies flat, and it has a big nozzle on it. And you unscrew the nozzle, and you fill it with water, and you know it fills up, and and you have. Um, you have yourself a portable water system with 19 gallons of water that you bring the wheelbarrow out to the field or whatever, and you pour it. You take the nozzle off, and which is at the far end of the wheelbarrow, at the bottom of the wheelbarrow, and you pour it, and you tilt the wheelbarrow up, and the water pours out, pours out in the bucket. Uh, and that is, in fact, how it works. I mean, and this came actually from the gardening industry. They've been using this apparently for a long time over at the, in the gardening world, and they finally, you know, somebody put two and two together and said, well, you could, you could use these for filling water buckets for horses. Right. And, you yeah. know, when you go out to the field, sometimes your hose doesn't reach or something like that, you know, and you have trouble. Now, I have one of the things that we, what people have complained about in the reviews I've read and what, what I saw a little bit when we used it is when it gets, when it's full, it works great. When it starts getting below half and down to about a quarter full, then it gets sloppy because the bag, you know, when the bag is full, it has a lot of pressure on the nozzle to push the water out into the bucket. Uh, But when it, one of the big complaints about it is when it starts to get a little empty, it gets a little squishier and the, the water doesn't come out as good and the bag tends to slip a little bit and it just is kind of messier. Um, so that is one of the complaints about it that you have to keep in mind if you pick one of these up. Um, Messier? Yeah, just <laughs> That's the, what you're worried about? Well, messiness? The water kind of goes and it doesn't, it doesn't work as well as it does when, when it's full. Sure. I mean, I can see that. That's yeah. physics. You know, physics always works against us after the first, after the first 50% of its functionality. Right. I, I, it just seems to be Murphy's law of anything. That's correct. So, okay. Yep. So it wow, has, you the, just said that like a true scientist. I'm impressed. Yeah. I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah. And your point is <laughs> I'm Well, um okay, so you so it but it does have this anti-slip mat. So at the very least the bag does not slip, right? Yeah, it it's theoretically yes, um unless the 
you know, the other thing that I, I heard or I read, and I read a lot of reviews of this, is they said if your wheelbarrow's real dirty and slimy, you know, from poop, poop, yeah, then the anti-slip pad doesn't even work so well. Um, so that's one of the things to keep in mind, too. So I think for, for some people it worked great, and they loved it, and for other people they didn't like it at all. So I'm going to try it. You, you need to try it for yourself. It's I'm gonna not that expensive it. either. No, for 19.95 retail, um, and if it really does hold 19 gallons of water, that you know, how many trips out to the backfield that will save me. And I literally carry my water buckets in each hand. And you know, stupid me, I'm forever the optimist. I'm like, ooh, this is my upper body workout. I'll work my biceps and my triceps. <laughs> yeah, we all do that. <laughs> yeah, but, but then your hands are like halfway out to the backfield. My hands are screaming like, please, you have to put me down. And then I got to stop and rest, and I feel like a total loser because I'm like, why can't I carry two water buckets out to the backfield? You know. Maybe it's a hundred oh, yards. And then if you you know if you don't have a uh, water buckets with tops on it, your feet are all wet and your legs get wet and just you know the whole thing. And we have we have a John Deere riding mower, just a, a big long tractor, but we have the wagon that you connect to the back, which is awesome. I mean, we carry everything. It's like having a mini tractor. And so what I do is I put my water buckets in there and I I fill them up maybe two thirds of the way because they're going to slosh around. But honestly, <laughs> just driving over non-paved terrain in a tractor, mm-hmm. I lose. By the time I get to the field, I have like half a cup of water. And the horses look at me like, are you kidding me? <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> so there's, really, there's, if this is any improvement over that method for $19.95, I'll take it. So I'm going to try it. I'll put it to the test. And then we'll, we'll talk about it again. How's that? All right, good. And you can find it anywhere. I mean, it's for sale at a bunch of different places. It's H2, the number two, go bag. H2 go bag. And, uh, you know, it'd probably be great for parties. Fill it with beer and set somebody underneath there. Whole new party thing. <laughs> it's like the All ultimate right. beer bowl. No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> nice try, Glenn. I know you want to be hip, but that's just not how to go. Yeah, about. I guess not. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget, you can find all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com, including Samantha's and Reese's uh, new shows over there, and, of course, all the rest of them that we do. We'll be back again next week. I'm trying to work on a guest for next week that you're going to love. This is something completely different that I didn't even know existed in the horse world. And uh, uh, just think of um, Robin Hood. Ooh. Ooh. I'm, I'm trying to get them booked for next week, so keep your fingers crossed. Okay. Just think Robin Hood. Could be a lot of fun next week. All right. Thank you, everybody. And Helena, take care of your voice and everything. I will do. I'll be back next week with more gusto than ever. All right. Good. Thank you, everybody. Have a great week. Wear your helmets. Mm-hmm.